Welcome back to the MM Altogether podcast. This is your host, Blake Doman. Today we're going to sit down with Alex and Danya Siever. They are my jujitsu coaches, my very first ones, so I'm very excited to have them on uh, to talk about a few things, like how they got introduced into the sport, uh, how they managed to be a jujitsu married couple, as well as... You know who their greatest mentors have been in the sport thus far. Uh, I got a little bit other good information in the interview. However, we're still having those audio issues and some of the recording got cut off. So hopefully maybe somewhere down the line in the future, I can revisit some of those questions and we can give them to you. Because a lot of good stuff from Alex and Danya, real entertaining couples. So again, thanks for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy our time with Alex and Danya. Now. It's time for the Tale of the Tape. We have Alex and Danya Seaver with a cumulative reach of 5,034 followers. I mean, I think so far we're doing a good job. We have a decent amount of students already at the UFC gym, and I'm excited to see um, how far it grows. Even in the time that I've been there, which is almost since inception, I want to say, the jiu-jitsu program, it's, I want to say it's at least tripled. For, For sure, sure. Yeah. Like, no doubt. We've only had that program, like, when we took it over in June of 2018, so we're going on almost two years now of having it. We started with literally nobody. We had probably half our classes during the week had zero people in them. And then when we did have class, we'd have, you know, uh, Will and... Brian were some of the first people at Lombard, actually. And, uh... Yeah, it was only, like, one or two people at a time, if that. Yeah, and, uh... Will. I mean, we have, like... Will, uh... Will moved, I think, before you even got into the program. Like, okay. Yeah, he was, uh... He went to Miami, and, uh, we actually helped him out, um... Finding a school over there, and then... Just he, got his blue belt. He just got his... Ago. Yeah, he just got his blue belt and, like, made a shout-out to us. Thank you. Oh, that's dope. Like, showing him jujitsu and that's what it's all about, you know? So... Yeah. That was, like, two, three months ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. still really exciting. So did Yeah. So, no, that was awesome. I mean, and then our, our program now is over 100-some adults. I mean, we have classes of, like, 30 people regularly, like, two, three times a week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... It's, it's awesome to see the growth, and we've taken a bunch of team awards. I actually just got the belt for the team. Uh, at Newbreed. Yeah, yeah for uh, the team award at Newbreed. So we got that banner, the trophy, and uh, a belt for it. Have you been, and I'll have to go through my emails again and look through it, but have you seen, or you've probably been getting some of the promotional emails. I think it was Newbreed. Is doing something where they're nominating like two students from each school yeah. for a lifetime yeah. scholarship. We, were having, uh, we posted in our uh, our group chat. We're having people write recommendations, and we're gonna nominate two people based off of uh, instead of us just choosing, we're letting the students choose. I guess I gotta unmute those notifications. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our notifications in that group chat. Right? Well, there's a, there's a lot more now because of this quarantine. We're yeah. just all shooting the shit. That group chat gets blown up daily. Uh-huh. Oh no, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep it on mute then. See, that's why I couldn't do it. It just blows it up. And of yeah. all the other messaging apps I have, like I can't just keep up with another. It's just excessive yeah. at some point. Yeah, it's a lot for sure. That's why every few days I go in, see how the memes have been, laugh at a couple of them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But some of them, it's just like, yeah, I kind of wish I would have been there in the moment because there's things that I want to say. And, like, I think that's what I miss a lot about jujitsu practice is just fucking being cheeky 
and like yeah, being being somewhere to be a smartass, and then like immediately being put in check for it. I think no, it's for like, <laughs> sure, everybody's got to be put in check. I mean, it's it's fun. It's it's kind of like our getaway from everything else. It's our social hour. It's our time to relax. I mean, that's that's one thing that we wanted. Is a lot. Of, we didn't really focus on a lot of the traditional like jujitsu school stuff. We focused on building a good environment for everybody because mm-hmm. I mean we don't need to have all these rules and yell at everybody. It needs to be fun for everybody but still respectful like i feel like we built a good balance on that one because we have a wide variety of people in that program and everybody still is respectful but i mean everybody comes in and has a good time so i mean it's a really embracing environment too and i think that's why at least for me initially the welcoming aspect of it just made it more of an incentive to keep returning if that makes sense so. Yeah, no, it, it does, and I mean, that's, uh, that's what Alex and I, you know, strive to do besides teaching is, like I said, making it a good environment or, you know, even... Building a jiu-jitsu family. Exactly, building, like, a jiu-jitsu family, and, um, you know, we do a good job, obviously, you've seen of the good cop, bad cop, obviously, Alex, <laughs> is like, Alex is the nice coach, you know, that talks to you guys, and I'm, I wouldn't say the mean coach, but I'm very blunt with you guys because I... I coach you guys and talk to you guys like how I would want my coach to talk to me, right? Like straightforward, hey, this is what you fucked up on, this is what we have to fix, and all right, you're getting better, hey, you're still fucking up, let's focus more time on it. I, I can appreciate the good cop, bad cop format. For sure, for sure. Because that's well, how I can get away with being cheeky, and then you come in and keep me in check, so like, there's <laughs> all... <laughs> Most of, the, most of the people do understand it. It's just a matter of them, like, getting, I think, to know me more. Um, but, you know, there's obviously been some students that I had to, like, straight up tell, like, hey, yo, you know, I mean it, like, out of the goodness of my heart. Like, I don't want to see you guys ever fail, even though that's impossible, you know. Like, we're all going to have our, you know, our losses in the tournament. I get more nervous for you guys than I do for myself at at tournaments. That's why I don't, like you know, competing side by side with you guys sometimes, like, I'll definitely do it, but I, it's nerve wracking for me, like, I, I'm more nervous for you guys, like, I don't want to see someone break their arm, I don't want to see someone, like, the word, like, the word thing, what did you say? I said relatable. (laughs) Right, right, and I told you too, I don't know if you remember a couple, like, uh, one of your first practices, I told you, I'm like, dude, tap, because one day you're going to break your arm and you're going to be pissed that you're out for a while. You did. And it's never going to feel the same. You did, I I remember that very distinctly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't want to say I'm always... It's not like it was foreshadowing or anything. Right. Right? But um, I think the worst thing to see, and luckily, knock on wood, we haven't seen it yet and I really hope we continue to not see it, is, like, having someone compete and beat themselves up for it and then, like, quit and, like, not do jujitsu again or not come back, and, like, that's something that we really want to avoid. Like, I'd rather have someone, like, do a tournament and then be like, hey, yo, we're probably going to go to a different school or something like that before they they quit jujitsu in a whole. I mean, we've been pretty fortunate with the fact that we've had a really good competition record as a team. We have very few people who, like, just go out and get mauled. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody, uh, there's a pretty big emphasis on our team on competition, and even if you're not going to compete, being competitive in practice. That's good. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've, we've been good about having everybody 
go in and represent well, not just us, but themselves. And yeah. that's, that's kind of a big thing for us. Um, I kind of want to go back to Danya, you getting nervous when your students compete. Is that because you feel like a sense of responsibility just having, I guess, been their mentor? Is that where that comes from, you think? Um, 100%. I like to think of myself as uh, not only your guys' coach, but your guys' jujitsu mom. Like, I want to see <laughs> you guys be successful. And uh, one thing I enjoy um, is seeing you guys, you know, be successful and win and whatnot and it pushes you guys more um to you know come to practice and to drill and to ask questions and you guys you know get that kind of like aha moment um so I would definitely say yeah it's a it's a sense of you know a little bit of responsibility for you guys and you know I just want to see you guys successful I mean it's it's kind of like at least from my side it's kind of nervous as well just because I don't want anyone hurt either. Well, yeah, but it's it's out of our hands now. Like we try mm-hmm. and give you guys what we feel is what's needed for a tournament. You know, we try and give you the best tools, and then as soon as you guys step out on the mat, there's nothing more we can do. It's all in your hands now, so it's kind of nerve wracking to see that, and we just hope we prepared you well enough. You know, I guess that makes sense, seeing as how you have more of a sense of control in your own gym and your own practices, so you know how to gauge your own students. Well, and we, I mean, it, it helps that we, we care a lot about all of our students, so it's obviously we want to see you guys win, and we take time out of our day to, you know, make sure everybody has the answers uh, to the questions that they, they have, and the problems that they're having with their game, we try and fix them, we try and do all that we can so that everybody gets time for you to step out of the mats, we feel 100% confident, but I mean, I don't think any coach ever feels 100% confident in their student, we want to, but there's always these, like, we're nervous we don't want to see them get hurt. We don't want to see them lose. We know how hard they've worked. Like We've seen them put in all this work. We want to see them succeed. So I, I guess I just get nervous at the potential of them losing. You know, I want to see them succeed. I want to see them happy. And I want to make sure that they get rewarded for the hard work they put in. So I get nervous to not see that outcome. How did you both get introduced into jiu-jitsu? Um, so Donnie and I kind of had similar starting points. We both started with Taekwondo. Hers trails off a little bit differently, so I'll let her explain that one. But we both started with Taekwondo. Um, I swam for a really long time, and then uh, we moved a few times when I was growing up. And one of the places didn't have a swim team, so I ended up trying to find something else to do. Got into Taekwondo for a year. I think I probably only did it like six, seven months out of the year. And then when we moved back to my hometown, started swimming again, got a shoulder injury, got an MMA because I was like, oh, I love Taekwondo, MMA's got to be similar, because I didn't know the difference at the time. So, did a whole lot of boxing for about four or five years. Um, got sick of getting hit in the face. I trained with a bunch of bigger training partners, so pretty much I'd leave practice with a bunch of headaches and not proper training techniques all the time, so we just spar hard every day some weeks. So I did an MMA fight, did a boxing fight, and I was like, okay, I'll round it out, I'll do a jiu-jitsu tournament. And I just got my ass handed me. It was bad. Um, my first jiu-jitsu tournament, it was, like, I won one match and then got triangled in, like, 20 seconds in my second or third match. And pretty much just told myself, like, well, I'm not going to go down like that, so I'm just going to keep doing these tournaments until I win one. And then finally, like, a year later, I won my first tournament and just kind of decided to stick with it because I was like, well, I kind of like being able to compete and not get punched in the face. So... It just went that route because I was like, well, I don't want to have headaches. I don't have a career 
in MMA, so I might as well just stick to jiu-jitsu. So. so were you still boxing throughout that first year that you were talking about in that adjustment period, or no, did you completely transition over? I was still actively training uh, MMA, like, full-time, pretty much. Um, I was just competing in jiu-jitsu at the time. Gotcha. And then uh, about December-ish, uh, 2011, is when I switched to mostly doing jiu-jitsu. That's when I first started training in the gi, was, like, December, January, 2011, 2012. Who were you training under at that time? Uh, my former instructor. I've only been with uh, two instructors, really, for jiu-jitsu. My current instructors, I train under Carlson Gracie Jr. now. Um, my former instructor used to be under Carlson Gracie Jr., but got kicked off the team. I left him when I moved out here, and then there was some mix-ups with him, and he ended up getting some domestic abuse stuff. So I decided you know, cut ties with him, and I tried to uh, leave all that in the, in the past. Yeah, that's not the sort of type I don't think anyone should be affiliated with. No No. one endorses wife beating on this show. Or just spousal abuse. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna single out anybody. (laughs) Well I mean there's there's too much positivity in jujitsu, at least from my end of things and what I've seen, that there's no reason for it, you know. I'd rather just let them fade out and uh, and focus on the positive. Like I'm really happy with my new gym. You know, Danya helped me out a lot getting me out here and helping me out find, you know, uh, a place to live, a job, all that. And then, I mean, Junior's been amazing to have as an instructor. So I I can't really complain. It's only led to good things. So, Danya, how about you tell us your story? So I I started with um, your typical, like, uh, sports in high school, so, like, swimming and soccer. And I was doing it for about two years and then I didn't make the cut one year um for soccer and I was like well they're clearly you know playing favorites and you know what I kind of want to change it up anyways so I looked around and there was a place that opened up like down the street um from my house and I went over there and it was a taekwondo gym that advertised as MMA too so one day would be taekwondo, one day would be boxing, uh, you know, one day would be judo, etc. Right? Um, was there from about two thousand and nine to like about two thousand and thirteen. So a long time. Um, she has an interesting history of like not, you know, promoting people, sandbagging them, so then they could like stick with her. Um, and I just kind of like got sick of it and uh, went to a different instructor. And when I went to the different instructor, I had a white belt in jujitsu. And like about, I want to say two weeks of training, he was like, here's your blue belt. So I got my blue belt um, from him. And then a year later, I got my purple belt from him too. Um, and I was, like I said, still doing like MMA, jujitsu, all that. Um, and then, you know, things happened with him. Um, you know, you kind of outgrow sometimes places and that's what was happening as I was outgrowing, you know, the, the second school that I was at. And then I went to, um, the school that I'm at now, which is Compritos and I'm pretty much, um, a ragdoll over there. Like, I'm always getting, like, beat up and whatnot, and uh, it's good training. 
and uh, I've been with Comprito now for about, I was there in November, so it's, I think it's coming on like three years, um, so my anniversary for my purple belts um, will be June 20th, will be uh, five years as a purple belt for me. Um, you know, with the sport too, um, there's definitely a very strong sense of loyalty. You know, a lot of people, they go and they, you know, they, they'll chase the belts. You know, they'll move from school to school so then they could, you know, get the belts faster. And, you know, I'll, I'll have some people ask me like, oh, you know, you've been at Compritos, you know, for three years and you haven't even gotten a stripe from him or a belt. And it's like, once again, that sense of loyalty is so strong. And like, this guy has helped me evolve into a better coach and um, a better uh, grappler and competitor. Um, so that's why, you know, I haven't, you know, kind of left, I haven't left to be like, oh, I'm go you know, I'm going somewhere else because I want to be a brown belt already. Yeah, that's my whole spiel on how I got started and where I'm at now. I definitely, my goal is to be a black belt under him, no matter how long, you know, it takes. As we've just discussed for the last, you know, 20 plus minutes so far, the commitment that the both of you have to the sport of jujitsu and your relationship, like, are there, like, what other common interests or passions do you share outside of all this that, like, help bring you two together? Like, so you can kind of, you know, separate. I mean, I understand it's a lifestyle. I think anyone who's in it would get that. But at the same time, like, there's balance in all things. So, like, where do you guys find an escape? Uh, when we're usually at home, Yeah, right? I mean, for Danya, it's, it's her lifting and her, pretty much her training. So if she's not doing jiu-jitsu, she's working out. She's an extremely active person. For me, it's kind of... Video games. It's video games. That I, like, I, sit, I like to sit back, decompress, and like not have anybody around and just mm -hmm. have some time to myself. Um, we do make an effort to, to like, you know plan like a date day that is not like we don't talk about jujitsu um you know we don't we don't train like we don't train we'll go downtown we'll have dinner we'll go to the museum uh we'll go for walks with the dogs um you know it's definitely it's de you definitely have to make an effort to kind of separate yourself uh, from that you know lifestyle uh it also does help that we're like you know comic nerds so um you know, we'll go to, like, expos for, like, com uh, Comic-Con, or, well, C2E2. Yeah, C2. they, do you both cosplay? No, we do month. not cosplay. <laughs> Unless that's in the bedroom. Jesus. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you're going to probably have to write, like, viewer discretion as advice for this one. We do a good job of separating um, ourselves from this quote-unquote lifestyle. Um, you know, and a little bit of that... Um, you know, we just, we make sure that we plan it. It's all about planning and not, like, being so obsessed with, oh, hey, train, 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 and all that. Like, I mean, it's good, but at the same time, like, you kind of need that step back to breathe. I think, Danya, you might have already answered this question. Uh, I wanted to know who the most influential mentor you've had. Okay. Alex, you want to go first? Since I kind of already mentioned, uh... I mean, there's, that's actually a hard one, Blake. Yeah. That's a hard one because, like, 
we said before, like, you meet a lot of people in this sport, and, like, you know, you have, you have a bunch of people that kind of are implemented in, like, your game, your style, and your lifestyle, so it's, like, it's hard to just pick one person. I mean, I'd have to say there's, like, three or four people that have been, like, crucial to my jiu-jitsu game and development over the past, like, three years. Um, like, since I moved out here, it's been a huge jump in my jiu-jitsu, and, I mean, it's, it's, it's been accredited, uh, uh, to my wife, Danya, um, to my instructors at HQ, Andre Mediz, Alexander Malinaro, and, and Carlson Jr., I mean, between, between those four, like, Junior's taught me so much about the business side of things, he's, you know, sat down at some very real talks with me, um, come out, helped us with their school out in Grand Rapids, been very supportive out there. And Andre Mendez and Malinaro are the uh, main instructors that I work with out there. And Malinaro is just a technique wizard. I constantly trying to figure out the new things that he's doing, doing all this. It's pushed my game a lot, um, technically. And then Andre Mendez is absolute workhorse. I mean, you, you take a class with that guy, and there's he'll push you. Um, so he's helped me a lot with just developing my work ethic, Monar with my technique, Junior with the business side of things, and then obviously Daniel, my wife, with, you know, pushing me, helping me prioritize things in my life and kind of help make sure that, you know, I'm not letting jujitsu practice fall off the backside, you know, become less of a priority just because, oh, I'm busy at work, or, oh, well, I have to teach so much. She'll push me to stay active, push me to, you know, oh, well, what do you think about this? She'll ask me questions, which... It's been huge for me as well. I mean, I've been fortunate enough in the, what is it, March, February, March, 13 months since I've started. I've gotten to train at a couple, like a few different schools. And I'm not brown nosing when I say you two are easily the two most influential people. I don't know, like going back to what Danya had said earlier with Comprito, it's just maybe it's because I'm a huge loyalty person. But yeah, I just don't like to find someone who like, is actually meaningful, I think, is a lot more. Well, and I think it takes time to kind of develop that relationship a little bit. Like, I wasn't just, I didn't just come to HQ and Junior, you know, right away start talking to me about everything like that. It's, I mean, Building a relationship. it's a relationship I've built with him since, you know, 2013, 2014. You know, I've, I've been constantly coming to tournaments, talking to him, all this for years. And it, it takes time to develop that trust, uh, to trust someone with the ability to be like, hey, like this is what's best for you, or hey, this is what you need to do, because you need to know that they have your best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. For sure. One thing I wanted to ask you both, like, isn't it weird how jujitsu is such an odd metaphor for life and the fact that, like, you can do the heavy lifting, like, with the brute force, and it's going to be hard, and you're going to fuck up, like, eventually, like, you're going to, like the grip's going to break or whatever, but when you take the time to learn those finer details and the finer movements of the technique, like, it just becomes so much more simple and effective. Like, isn't that just Mm -hmm. fucking wild? I think it's a great metaphor for life because it's kind of showing you that, like, you know, hey, like, take it slow and look to, you know, like, the details of things and, you know, like, little by little, little, you know, get better essentially um so i think i i I really do enjoy jujitsu and how it does correlate with like 
you know, with with life too, for sure. Um, it's definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of those viable. like, oh god, I didn't know it was that easy moments in jujitsu, and that definitely happens in life too. When you finally like truly understand something, you're like, oh, this is a lot easier than I was making it. And sometimes, like, you just have to have the humility to ask the question. And it's not just that. You have to you have to go through that repetition. Like, like there's that, uh, like, Masvidal said it, but I think Bruce Lee was the one who made the quote famous or someone is like, don't fear the man who knows 10,000 kicks. Fear the man who knows one kick that's he's practiced 10,000 times or something to that degree. Yeah. But, yeah. like... Yeah, there's there's something to be said in all of it. I think, like I said, you have to have that degree of humility to be able to accept the lesson, but then you have to have, kind of going back to what Alex said, you have to have that work ethic to then put it in practice and put it in motion, and then that's when it becomes more habitual. But yeah, I think that's where I found a lot of like peace and balance in jiu-jitsu, like even going through uh, like my mental health battles. like It's been the one space where I've ever only been truly present and like yeah it can get emotional one way or another but you know everything else like kind of just doesn't matter or doesn't exist or you know yeah, it's, it's just hard to worry about other things when someone's trying to choke you valid point yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean also too like you uh what's kind of weird is like some people um that I know personally have said that like when they first started jujitsu they actually like did not like it they hated it and then as they, you know, pushed themselves to do it, they started to, like, love it. And, um, you know, it helped them a lot with, you know, their their mental issues um, and, you know, their, their physical, you know, issues and all that. Um, so, I mean, there's there's definitely those jujitsu slumps, right? Like, I'm, I'm a realistic person. I mean, is it butterflies and rainbows all the time with jujitsu and it's an awesome high? No. Um, there's times where, you know, I'm like fuck, I don't want to put on my gi, I don't want to step on the mat, like, I'm essentially almost, like, burnt out or whatever, but, I mean, I guess that's another thing about, um, jujitsu that's beautiful is that, yeah, it's always there, and, um, you know, there's, there's always something to learn, too, you're never done learning, right, so you can always keep, you know, evolving and whatnot, um, so. Goes back to that humility part, like, uh nobody's... Nobody's a perfect instructor. Nobody's a perfect student. Like every, no one's perfect in jujitsu. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm really happy. And every program I'm a part of, I try and make sure that the teaching is diverse, not just in different instructors, but in different instructors of body type and size and, and style. <clears throat> like, I mean, school in Grand Rapids, we have William Vincent, way different style than mine. Uh, UFC gym, we have Marcos, we have uh, Adidia, we have Marcelo. And Kyle, and all these guys have different styles in mind, and it's something that, like, I know a lot of instructors who kind of have to make sure that they're like, oh, well, I'm the head instructor, you have to take mine as the best, and it's like, it's not like that, like, all these other guys have very good qualities about their game that I would be insane to kind of discredit just because I'm the head instructor, that that makes no sense, these guys have very good jujitsu to show to all the students, and it really only helps you guys for me to bring in other talent. I mean, but again, that's you, like, expressing that sense of humility, even as a coach. Like, that experience in other grappling sports is going to carry over. Like, you're going to see an opening there where, you know, some type of movement or some type of recognition, you're going to see that 
someone else might not, and that's going to give you the leg up. So I think that's just you being very forward thinking and, uh, you know, kind of not letting ego or pride get into the way. And, like, I'm with you on that one. I just don't understand. Like, if you've got another way of, like, looking at a problem, like, why wouldn't you not want to know it, you know? Oh, exactly. I mean, I'm not going to say that, like, I never had an ego about things because it took me a while to get used to having someone else's hands on the program as well because I'm, I'm very particular about how things are handled. But it just has to come from trusting the other instructors, and that's why I, I bet on them a lot is because as soon as they're a part of the program, I only let people join the program to teach that I trust have the best interest for the students. If I don't think you have the best interest for the students, I don't care how good you are, I don't want you as a part of the program. It's it, this isn't. There's no room for ego-filled instructors where they, you know, want to steal the students. They want to say that they're the best or this or that. Like, I'd rather have someone who's mediocre who wants the best for the students and is going to give a hundred percent than someone who's amazing, but is only going to give me ten percent of their work ethic because they're you know off doing other things and they could care less about the students. They're there to collect a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, this this program and the program in Grand Rapids are. My entire job—they're my babies. They're—they're something I care very heavily for. They're not something that I, I take lightly at all. Here comes the cornerman council. So what? Um, what? This is something that I actually tell myself before every match, every tournament, every super fight, and I feel like it's um, something definitely that I've told a lot of the competitors. Um, that we have a part of our program and what I tell them is hey you give it your all you want it more you've trained harder and smarter and you know the person is just as nervous because a lot of people are scared right to step on the mat um, especially for a competition if it's their first time fifth time whatever there is still that sense of nervousness what you're going through the person is too and capitalize on that. I mean, so for me, I guess it's it's a little cliche, but the, one of my favorite sayings for it is the tough times don't last, tough people do. I mean, times like this, with the whole COVID-19 thing, I, mean, I know it's hard for a lot of people to be out of jiu-jitsu. It's their, their home away from home, their relief from work, you know, their stress relief. I get that it's hard because this isn't my first time being through a situation like this. I had my knee absolutely destroyed before and I took nine months off um, I couldn't walk I couldn't get out of bed I had to quit my job I had to move home I, I've been in a spot before where I've been bedridden for almost nine months and then it's hard to deal with these tough times but it, it makes you appreciate these these moments on the map these moments with your teammates these these moments with your loved ones so much more and and you'll work harder, you'll you'll try harder knowing that it can be taken from you. So it just gives you a better sense of how truly amazing these times are when we get to train, when we get to compete. Mm-hmm. They're tough times, yeah, but we'll make it through it. We'll come out the other side stronger and with a better conviction of what we truly want. I like the sound of that and overall just tying together the overall theme of humility, which I feel like has been the episode. Last thing, guys, where can we find you on social media? Mrs. Seaver, BJJ, on Instagram. Yeah. And then Danya Seaver and Alex Seaver on Facebook. What about your uh, Grand Rapids school there, Alex? 
Yeah, so my Grand Rapids school is uh, on Facebook is Crossing Gracie Grand Rapids. Um, same thing on Instagram. Long one word, but Crossing Gracie Grand Rapids. And then there's also um, where we work, obviously, UFC Gym Yorktown on Facebook, and then UFC Gym Yorktown on Instagram. So if you like these folks, like what you had to hear, go ahead, give them a follow. Once uh, the quarantine's up and over, go sign up for a membership, and uh, we'll see you on the mats. Yes, sir, you will. Cool. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody. That was Alex and Donya Seaver. What a fun married couple they are. No show notes for you today, so if you like the show, please give us a follow on both Instagram and Twitter. You can find us mm altogether podcast all spelled out all one word mm altogether podcast for show bookings feel free to direct message the instagram page or email us at mm altogether podcast spelled the exact same way mm altogether podcast at gmail.com last note i'll leave you on ladies and gents is continuing off of our humility piece toward the end of the episode Make sure we express humility to others and our neighbors during this time. It goes into our message of peace, understanding, love, and positivity. So just make sure that we all practice a sense of humility and understanding when someone tries to express something or teach us a lesson or maybe even just share news about the current state of affairs in the world. So thanks again for listening. I look forward to seeing you back next time.